0: Good to see you here. This truly is the remnant uh, in a very frigid um, December morning. Good to see you. I'm glad so many of you made it out this morning. If you have a Bible, please turn uh, to the book of Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6, and uh, we'll be reading in just a minute uh, verses 9 through 13, but we are going to focus this morning primarily just on verses 9 and 10, um, but we'll read verses 9 through 13. Matthew 6, starting in verse 9. Let's, uh, let's pray before we read. Father, we do thank you uh, for your grace. We thank you for uh, Christ. We thank you for the advent of Jesus Christ, his first coming, that he truly did come to destroy the works of the devil, that he truly did come uh, to save sinners. We thank you, Father, that uh, through a simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your word says that we have eternal life right now. And we know that this eternal life is to know you, it's to know you, Lord Jesus Christ. And so even now, through a simple faith in Christ, we, we've begun to know you, Father. We've begun to know Jesus Christ, your Son. And and yet even now, in, in this life, your word says, we see through a glass dimly. So, so we don't see things clearly. We don't know you yet fully. We, 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 we still know you from afar in, in some way. And uh, we, we see you in a cloudy way right now, even as believers, and, and uh, we, we just need you. We, we acknowledge that right now, Father. We, we need you. Every opportunity we come together as a, as a gathering of the church, uh, we just need you. We, we trust that you're here, Lord Jesus. You've promised that uh, wherever two or more are gathered in your name, you are there in their midst. So, Father, in this room as we gather, or in our life groups as we gather, or just gathering one believer with another, you're there, we believe that, and we have come into the presence of the living God. And so, Father, even here in this room now, we just trust we are in your presence, that you indwell the body of Christ, and, and you're here. And we trust, Father, that you will help us now this morning, that you will stir our spirits again, that you will energize us. We thank you, Father, that in Christ Jesus we are perfectly loved, not because of anything we will ever do or ever not do. We are loved. We are infinitely loved. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you that your love will never change. And uh, we need you, Father. We need your love to stir us this morning, to grip our hearts again, and to lift us up into running again. So, Lord, we look to you and ask for your help this morning. We trust that you will do these things, Father for your glory and our good. We pray it now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, we are, uh, we're finishing this morning a sermon series on prayer. I have been preaching on prayer because prayer is simply one of the most uh, crucial, most most vital, most important aspects of the Christian life. Uh, Prayer is crucial for the health of believers, for those who trust in and follow Christ uh, in faith. And God also does things through our prayers. God works through the prayers of His people. Prayer is just vitally important in the Christian life. A couple more quotes here today just on the importance of prayer. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, he said, Prayer is beyond any question the highest activity of the human soul. Man is at his greatest and highest when upon his knees he comes face to face with God. Emmy Andros said, There is no other activity in life so important as that of prayer. Every other activity depends upon prayer for its best efficiency. And Oswald Chambers said this, Prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. Prayer is just vitally important and so valuable In the Christian life. And as we we finish today this series on prayer, we will be looking today at what is probably one of the most important things in this entire series. We will be thinking today about kingdom focused prayer. You know, we, we have this tendency as believers to pray just very small prayers. To, to pray just about very, very small things, to, to pray just for things like our own personal needs or the needs of others. Archie Parrish says that we have this tendency just to bring our grocery list of needs to God. We, we pray for healing for our bodies maybe, or we, we pray for a home, or we pray for a job, pray for a promotion, pray for help with a presentation at work, pray for a better salary, pray for our kids' schooling. I said last week that Derek Thomas, one of my seminary professors, he used to always say that the the church prayer meeting often becomes nothing more than just an organ recital. You pray for Grandpa Bill's heart and Uncle Joe's liver and Aunt Betty's kidney, and an organ recital. And there's nothing inherently wrong with praying for your own personal needs or praying for the needs of others. If you are a believer here today, you, you are truly trusting in and you are following Christ in faith. Well, God is your Father, and and your Father loves you deeply, and He cares about all the needs of your life. And your Father wants you to bring all of even the smallest needs that you might have or other people might have. He wants you to bring them to Him in prayer. The problem, however, is that for a lot of believers, that's all that prayer really is. It's just bringing your grocery list of needs to God, or it's bringing the grocery list of other people's needs to God. And listen, if that's all prayer is to you, then you have missed one of the primary purposes for prayer. God doesn't want us as believers just to pray small prayers. No, God wants us as believers to pray big prayers, God wants us to pray for really, really big things. God wants us to pray kingdom-focused prayers. And and Jesus teaches us right here in Matthew 6 to to pray kingdom-focused prayers. In this section of the book of Matthew, Jesus was teaching His original disciples or original followers. He was teaching them how to pray. And Jesus gave us here this template or this guide for our prayers. Many people today call it the Lord's prayer. It would be better called the Disciples' prayer, <laughs> because it's prayers that it's a prayer for you and me, a template for us in our prayers. Jesus was teaching us here with the Lord's prayer. He was teaching us some of the things that we should pray about in our prayers. He was showing us here what should take priority in our prayers. And when you look at this Lord's prayer or this disciple prayer here, this template or this guide for our prayers, what you find here is a kingdom-focused prayer. Let's just read through it quickly here. Verse 9, Jesus says, "'Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.'" Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I I won't cover all of that in detail this morning that 's not my goal here today. All I want to do this morning is point out a couple of key things there and and what I really want you to notice I want you to notice the primary focus and the and the primary priorities in in this prayer here the lord 's Prayer, it contains six different petitions or topics that you can cover in your own prayers. And the first three of the petitions there, they all have to do not primarily with you, but with God. They are all about God. You hear a certain word repeated over and over again in the first half of the Lord's prayer. And it is not the word I, or my, or me. It is the word your. Your name. Your kingdom. Your will. It's a focus there not on me, but on God beginning of the lord's prayer we'll run through the first half of that prayer here quickly if you look at the start jesus he tells us to address god as father and he tells you to pray our father in heaven and man it's so cool uh, when you really stop and and think about that the bible says that before you trust in jesus god is not your father He's not your father. There's an idea in our world where, where God is just the father of every human being. And yes, in some sense he is, in that he created every human being. But in a spiritual sense, before you trust in Christ, the Bible says that God is not your father. On the contrary, the Bible says that we are all sinners. And because of our sin, 1 John 3 says that you are a child of the devil before you trust in Christ. Ephesians chapter 2 says you are a child of God's wrath before you trust in Trust in Christ. God is not your father, but man, the the great news is that Jesus came, he lived, died, and rose again to pay the penalty for our sins. And if you will now repent or turn away from your sins, trust in Christ, and follow Christ, God will forgive you of your sin. And he brings you into his family, and he calls you his child and man you now have a heavenly father who loves you and will never ever leave you no matter what you ever do or don't do you have a father who will be with you through thick and thin through everything in your life he loves you and god now wants you to call him father our father in heaven and and the first three petitions or topics that then follow there in the lord's prayer well they're all about your father They're all about God. You look at the first one there in verse 9, Jesus tells us to pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And the word hallow there, I mentioned it last Sunday, it means to honor or to revere. And Jesus was telling us there that in our prayers we should honor or we should revere God. In your, in your prayers, you, you praise or you adore God, the prayers of adoration, which we talked about last Sunday. You, you praise God's name in, in your prayers. You, you praise God's character in your prayers. You, you praise God's attributes in your prayers, just speaking things to God, just praising Him, exalting Him. God, you're good. Your steadfast love endures forever. Your mercy never comes to an end. You you praise, you adore God in your prayers. But I, I don't think Jesus was just telling us there that in our prayers we should praise God. No, with that first petition there, I think Jesus was also probably telling us that in our prayers we should also pray that others would praise God. You hallow God yourself, but you also pray in your prayers that other people would also hallow God's name. Cause my family, oh God, to to praise you. Cause my church family, oh Lord God, to praise you. Cause my neighbors to to praise you. Cause my neighbors to find their joy in you. To find their satisfaction in you. May they exult in you. Oh Lord God, cause people all over this world to praise you. To find their joy and satisfaction in you. You're not just praying in your prayers for kidneys and, and for your kids' colds. No, you're also praying in your prayers that, that that people all over this globe would be raised up to be white hot worshipers of the one true God. You know that first petition in the Lord's Prayer. It's all about God's glory. You are praising God. You are giving God the glory that He deserves. And you're praying that all around the world, other people would be raised up to give God the glory that He deserves. It's not all about you and your kidneys. It's all about God and His glory around the globe. May your name be hallowed, Father. And the second petition or topic in the Lord's Prayer is also all about God verse 10 Jesus tells us to pray our father hallowed be your name your kingdom come (laughs) God's name God's kingdom thinking about those things in your prayers praying about those things in your prayers just thinking for a second about the kingdom of God do you realize when Jesus Christ was here on this earth Jesus Christ was absolutely consumed with the kingdom of God Jesus talked about the kingdom of God over 100 times in the Bible. Randy Alcorn says this, if you throw that on the screen there. He says Jesus was obsessed with it. He used the phrase, the kingdom of God, a 100 times. And anything Jesus uses a 100 times is important. And man, Jesus tells us there in the Lord's Prayer to pray for the coming of God's kingdom. When's the last time you prayed that? When, when is the last time you prayed that in your prayer? You know, you think about praying for this coming of God's kingdom, what that might mean. You know, In one sense, God's kingdom has already come to this earth. You know, Jesus is the king in God's kingdom, and when Jesus the king came to earth as a baby, his advent into this earth, when King Jesus came to earth, he brought the kingdom of God with him to this earth in a very new and powerful way. When Jesus first started preaching in Mark 1 15, he said the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is now at hand. The kingdom of God is now here ...in the person of Jesus Christ. In one sense, the kingdom of God has already come to this earth. But in another sense, the kingdom of God is still coming. The kingdom of God is now still spreading or or advancing on this earth. Ever since Jesus came, the kingdom of God has been advancing more and more. Spreading more and more around the globe. Spreading, as Matthew 13 says, like a little leaven through a big lump of dough. And growing, as Matthew 13 says like a tiny mustard seed into a gigantic tree. The kingdom of God is now still coming. It's spreading. It's advancing more and more around this globe. And how is the kingdom of God now spreading on earth? Well, by penetrating more and more human hearts. On this earth, as more and more people hear about King Jesus and repent or turn away from their sins and begin to cling to Jesus and follow Jesus in faith, as more as that happens, more and more and more, the Bible says that those people who are turning to Christ in faith, the Bible says they now enter the kingdom of God. Right now, the kingdom of God is now in your heart. And the kingdom of God is spreading, advancing one human heart at a time. The kingdom of God, it's already come in one sense, but man, the kingdom of God is still coming in another sense. And man, we are looking forward to the day when the kingdom of God will come for good in its final consummated form. The Bible says the kingdom of God will advance here on this earth until there are people from every single people group who joyfully bow the knee to King Jesus and then the lump of dough will be fully leavened and Jesus will return. A second and final time. He will then remove from this earth every person who did not willingly submit to Him as king. He will turn this earth into the new heavens and earth. And Jesus will then live in the new heavens and the new earth with His people who will be there singing His praises and enjoying Him forever. Francis Havergal's words in the hymn His coming in glory. Oh, the joy To see Thee reigning. You can throw that up. Here's Francis Havergal's words. Oh, the joy to see Thee reigning. Thee, my own beloved Lord. Every tongue Thy name confessing. Worship, honor, glory, blessing. Brought to Thee with glad accord. Thee, my master and my friend. Vindicated and enthroned. Unto earth's remotest End, glorified, adored, and owned. The final consummated kingdom of God on this earth. And we are looking forward to that final coming of the kingdom. And man, all of this going on with the kingdom of God. You know, Christians have done really strange things with that phrase called the kingdom of God. Do not be fearful of that term. Do not be fearful of that idea of the kingdom of God. Jesus loved it. Jesus was consumed with it. We should be too. And Jesus tells us in the Lord's Prayer right there to pray for the coming of God's kingdom. And what does he mean when he tells us to pray for the coming of God's kingdom? I I think he's just probably telling us to pray for those types of things to happen. Pray that God's kingdom, pray pray that God's rule or God's reign would would advance on this earth through more and more human hearts. Pray that King Jesus's rule or reign would would spread on this earth through more and more human hearts. Pray that more people would repent of their sins and cling to Christ in faith. Pray that more knees would bow to King Jesus and more tongues confess King Jesus. Pray, pray that those who already, who are already citizens of the kingdom, pray that they would, 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 would more fully worship and serve and obey King Jesus. Pray, pray that King Jesus will return to this earth and establish the kingdom in its final consummated form. Revelation twenty two seventeen. 17. The spirit and the bride say, come Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Pray, 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 pray. Jesus says, pray for the coming of God's kingdom. Pray that Christian, pray that Christian, pray that God's name would be hallowed. Pray for the coming of God's kingdom. And the third petition or topic in the Lord's Prayer, it is also all about your Father. It's all about God. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, right now in heaven, you just think about it, right now in, in, in heaven, every, every last angel of God is doing God's will perfectly. Submitting to God's will perfectly. Obeying God's will perfectly. And every one of those angels who is submitting and and obeying and and doing God's will perfectly, well, they, they are experiencing the joy that comes from doing the will of God. But man, in this fallen, renegade planet, this dark planet, this A silent planet as C.S. Lewis once called it. Human beings are not yet doing the will of God perfectly. None, None of us. You know, God has revealed to us right here His, His will for us as His creatures. God has will, will, He's revealed to us what, what He wants us to do as His creatures, and yet none of us is doing His will perfectly, submitting to and obeying His will perfectly. None of us is yet experiencing the full joy that comes from doing His will perfectly. Man, many people on, on this planet, they don't, they don't give a rip about God's will. They, they don't care to do anything that would be written in the Word of God. And even those of us who are Christians, those of us whose hearts have been turned toward Jesus, and we now love Him and we seek to obey Him, even we, because of indwelling sin, are not doing the will of God perfectly. And Jesus says here, Pray. 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 Pray, Christian. Pray. Pray that God's will would be done here on earth as it's done in heaven. Pray that people all over this world would do God's will. Pray that your neighbors would, would find life in Christ and, and begin to seek to obey Christ. Pray that for your church family that we would, would do God's will through faith in, in Christ. Pray, pray that people all over this world would do God's will. And by doing God's will, we would glorify God and reflect his image here on this earth. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your your will be done. And just pause for a second. Just pause and think about that. That's the the first half of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, teaching us there how to pray. Teaching us there the kinds of topics to cover in our prayers. He's teaching us there the priorities for our prayers And the first half of that prayer is all about God. It's not ultimately about you and your small things. It is ultimately about God and His much, much bigger things. And please listen, if you are a believer here today, Jesus wants you to pray about those types of things. God's name, God's kingdom, God's will. Jesus wants you in your prayers to pray God things, not simply man things. And I really do. I I wonder how many believers really do that. You know, so many believers around the world, they memorize the Lord's Prayer. And then many believers around the world, they recite the Lord's Prayer. Many of you might know the Lord's Prayer. But man, really, how many believers really take time, significant time, every day, to pray hard for those types of God things? Yet again, it is so easy to be a hearer of God's Word and not a doer of God's Word. You can know that Jesus told you to pray those things and never, ever really pray them. And I encourage you, please don't sit in your seat this morning and let that just wash over you. What does your prayer life look like? Do you pray as a believer? And when you do pray, what is it that you're bringing to God in prayer? And do those types of things churn in your mind and in your spirit? Are you raising up those types of God things to the throne of God? And you say, why? I don't need to do it. God will do those things anyways. He will exalt Himself. He will advance His kingdom. He will cause His will to be done. Yes, and God has ordained to do those things through the prayers of His people. He's ordained to work through the prayers of His people. If you don't pray for your neighborhood... It won't be done in your neighborhood. Not because you are God. But because God has ordained to work through the prayers of His people. And when you get up in the morning and begin to pray for your neighborhood, you know what that means? That means God has ordained to do something in your neighborhood. And He's the one who stirred you up to pray for your neighborhood. And He's going to use those prayers in your neighborhood. God works through the prayers of His people. God wants us, man, wants us to pray those things. Not, not, not just praying about kidney stones and kids' colds and praying about jobs and vacations, my grocery list of needs, but praying hard for God things. And, and not just praying for those types of God things occasionally in your prayers. No, Jesus put those God things first in the Lord's Prayer. And I think Jesus was probably telling us there that those big God things should take priority in our prayers. The central focus in our prayers. The overriding concern in our prayers. The Lord's Prayer does go on to cover other things in the second half of the prayer. We're not going to look at them here this morning. But man, you can see it right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer. There is this shift from the word your to the word are. And now we we begin to pray about our daily bread and, and, and our forgiveness and, and our temptation, some of our, our, our basic daily needs. It's, it's good and right for you as a believer to pray for your needs and the needs of the people around you. But there's so much more to prayer than just that. And if that's all you do, just kind of bring a grocery list of needs to God. Listen, your prayers are going to be very, 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 very man-centered. And deep in your heart, you will have a sense that God revolves around you and He doesn't. You revolve around Him. And Jesus was teaching us right there in the Lord's Prayer. He was teaching us to pray God-centered prayers. You know, when you step back away from the Lord's Prayer and you kind of look at what Jesus, the Son of God, has given us there, this template, this, this guide for our prayers, I would say Jesus was teaching us there to pray kingdom-focused prayers. Not just bringing your personal needs to God, but praying about things like God's glory, and God's fame in this earth. Praying, praying about God's reign, his, his rule in your home, His, his reign, His rule in, in your neighborhood, Praying that God would be, that praying that King Jesus would be served and, and obeyed and, and enjoyed by the people you, you know and love. Praying, praying for the spread of God's mission around this globe. Praying that God would penetrate every single nation with the glorious gospel of King Jesus. Kingdom focused prayers. That's what God's calling us to. As believers, there it is. You wonder sometimes why prayer is so boring. That may be it. When you begin to get gripped with a kingdom-focused prayer life, your heart begins to churn inside. You begin to be stirred for those things. Kingdom-focused prayers. And and listen, when you do then bring your personal needs to God in, in prayer, which is fine please just don't pray those things in isolation from God's things. No, pray for your needs and the needs of others in light of God's things. In the first part of the prayer, the things in the second half of the Lord's Prayer, they follow directly on the heels of that which comes in the first part of the Lord's Prayer. And I think Jesus wants us to pray for the things in the second part, to pray for our needs, to pray for our different things. I think Jesus wants us to pray for those things in light of the things in the first part of the Lord's prayer. We pray for our things in the light of God's things. How does it work? I think it's probably something like this. Give us our daily bread, Father. God, we need our daily bread, we need food, we need clothes, we, 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 need, we need a job, maybe maybe we need a, a, a car. Give us our daily bread, Father, but not just so we can be fat and happy. Not just so we can keep up with the Joneses. No, Father, give us our daily bread, give us food on our plates and clothes on our backs. Heal our bodies, Father, meet our daily needs, Father, so we will have strength to hallow your name and to work for Your kingdom. And to do Your will on this earth. And then forgive us of our debts, Father. Yes, forgive us of our debts. We sin daily against You. Oh, Father, cleanse us from our sins today. Not just so we can then sit around and be clean together. No, cleanse us, Father, from our sins. So that we, we might be clean and thereby better hallow your name and work for your kingdom and do your will. And on and on and on. Heal me of this disease, Father. Heal me of this disease. That's my simple prayer. You'd heal me of this disease. That's my need. Father, you'd heal me. Not just so I can be healthy and comfortable in this life. Oh, heal me. Heal me, Lord God, of of this disease. Lord God, heal me so I might have health to hallow Your name and work for Your kingdom and do Your will. And Lord God, if You see it would be better for me to have this disease for Your glory somehow, for some reason I don't see, then so be it. Not my will, but Thy will be done. And Lord God, please give me the grace to live for Your glory with this disease. Please give me the grace to rejoice in my trial and not grumble and complain. Please use this disease, Lord God, to conform me more to the image of Jesus in order that I might glorify you in my disease. A God-centered, kingdom-focused prayer. That's what Jesus is asking us to do. Well, pray for your personal needs or for the needs of others in isolation from God's things. Pray for personal needs in light of God's things. God centered kingdom, kingdom focused prayers. Amen. Every believer, we have to learn how to do that. That does not come naturally to us. When you first come into the kingdom of God, man, you're like a tiny little child. You're so happy to be there. <laughs> this is so sweet. But man, you kind of talk like a little child at that point, And you pray like a little child. And how do little chi- children communicate when they're real young? Gimme, 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 gimme. And parents love them and occasionally give them those things. But at some point, you grow up. And you stop speaking like a child. Yes, you still can ask for things as a child of God. Please do ramble before the Lord. You are still a child. Bring your needs and requests to Him. But we must grow up and learn how to pray those things in light of God things. We must learn how to pray kingdom-focused prayers. Listen, a lot of Christians, they they, they, they never pray like that, ever. John MacArthur, he says this, Throw that up. He's talking about our prayers here, and he says we in our prayers are often like tiny infants who know no world but that of their own feelings and wants. And if we were to take a survey of the evangelical church today on the topics most often prayed for, we would discover that most prayers are often misdirected, short-sighted, and selfish. Selfish. We typically pray for health, happiness, and success. We pray for personal comfort. We pray for solutions to remedy all the physical problems of life, such as healing, a place to live, a job, a car, a husband, a wife, children, a promotion, more money, and so on. As important as those things are in some respects, especially to the people in need, they are low on the priority list in God's kingdom. Jesus said we are not to be anxious about what we eat, drink, or wear when we know God supplies them all. Our priority must be with the advancement of God's kingdom. Man, man, a lot of times in our prayers, all we do is obsess about our things. And yet Jesus says pointedly, right after the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all other things will be added to you. Your Father knows the things you need before you even ask. Seek the kingdom of God. Pray for the kingdom of God. Stop obsessing over your things, your home, your cars, your family, your kids. Stop obsessing over those things. Seek first the kingdom of God in your home, your, your family, your, your your kids, your neighborhood, your church. Seek it. Pray for it. And trust that many of those other things will just take care of themselves. The reason we feel the need to have to pray about all those things is because we don't pray about the kingdom of God. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and these things will be added to you. And many times they're not added to us because we're not seeking first the kingdom of God. The Jewish Talmud, it says in one place, it says that a prayer in which there is no mention of the kingdom of God is not a prayer at all. And the Jewish Talmud was right. (laughs) A prayer that does not factor in at all God and His things. That's not a true prayer. Harvey Kahn, he talks about an elderly Korean evangelist who on the cover of his prayer book, he simply wrote the words, the book of the kingdom of God. And it was a daily reminder to this evangelist to pray not man-centered prayers, but God-centered, kingdom-focused prayers. And listen, if you go through the Bible, you go through it and you just look at the many examples of prayer that God has given us in, in the Bible, you just start looking through the prayers. Look at Daniel's prayer. Look at Ezra's prayer. Look at Nehemiah's prayer. Look at Solomon's prayer. Look at Jesus' prayer. Look, look, look all through the Bible. What, what you see in those prayers are kingdom-focused prayers. All kinds of people in the Bible not primarily praying just for food and homes and comfort and safety and work and school, but praying primarily for things like God's glory, God's fame, God's kingdom, God's name, all these very God-centered and kingdom-focused prayers. Man, I really think every believer should probably look through the Bible, and I encourage you, as you read through the Bible, if you're reading through it every year or whatever you're doing, that you make note of the prayers that you see. And you study those prayers. You study them. God's teaching us there how to pray. There's so much just human sentimentalism, soulish sentimentalism in, in our prayers. And God is teaching us meaty prayers in the Word of God, not man-centered prayers, but God-centered prayers. Study. Study the prayers. Look, look through the Bible. I just encourage you. Study the prayers in the Old Testament that, that the kings and the, and the priests and the prophets prayed. The prayers that resulted in, in God really moving and, and doing something. Study the prayers that Jesus prayed in the Gospels or, or the prayers of the early disciples in the book of Acts or the prayers of, of Paul in his letters. I would encourage you to get a book. D.A. Carson wrote a book, just a great book. Man, I just really like D.A. Carson. He wrote this book called Praying with Paul, A Call to Spiritual Reformation. And D.A. And, and, and Carson, in that book, he's, he's just ripping through the, the prayers of Paul in the Word. He's teaching you how to pray as he, as he goes through these different prayers of, of Paul Study the prayers in the Bible. Just encourage you. And listen, you'll see all over the Bible, you will see these kingdom-focused prayers. Prayers that follow the, the same general pattern, and they, they follow the same general priorities as the Lord's Prayer. You, you see the Lord's Prayer fleshed out in the Bible. The same patterns, the, 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 the same priorities. Same principles, and man, I just encourage you, for all of us, let's learn to pray those types of prayers. Learn to focus your prayers around those types of themes. Learn, learn to cover those types of, 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 of topics in your prayers. Learn to pray all of your daily needs in a God-centered, kingdom-focused manner. Kingdom-focused prayers. I want to give you here just, just a, a, a few of what I believe are characteristics or or qualities of kingdom-focused prayer. You know, if you go through the Bible and you begin to look at the prayers in the Bible, you can begin to draw out some basic characteristics or qualities of kingdom-focused prayer prayers. What does a kingdom-focused prayer look like? Number one, I would say kingdom-focused prayers are God-centered prayers. They are not man-centered prayers. They're not praying primarily about us and our things, but about God and His things. And when we pray about our things, we pray about those in light of God's things. Number two, kingdom-focused prayers are scriptural. If you look at people praying in the Bible— They are constantly grabbing themes from the Scriptures. They are many times grabbing exact words from the Scriptures. And they are praying those things back up to God. They are holding Him, holding His promises up to Him. Kingdom-focused prayers are scriptural prayers. Not, not, Not just sentimentalism that's birthed out of our own minds, but scriptural prayers that are birthed by the Spirit of God. Number three, I would say kingdom focused prayers are frontline prayers. See, see John Miller in his book, Outgrowing the Ingrown Church, he talks about the difference between frontline prayers and maintenance prayers. And he says maintenance prayers, they're basically these safe prayers we pray. When we're just trying to to maintain, trying to maintain our existing life, we're trying to maintain our existing church, we're we're just trying to maintain it. But kingdom-focused prayers are frontline prayers. Not not, not looking to, to just to maintain. They are looking to advance. They're looking to move out. They're, they're prayers that are they're, they're looking to penetrate Satan's realm in some way. Penetrate your dark neighborhood. Penetrate a dark city. Prayers that are seeking to advance God's glory and spread God's kingdom in this world. I, I don't want to just sit around and pray for our church programs. God, keep our church programs running. I don't want to sit around and pray that God would just keep warm w- w- the seats warm. I don't want to pray like that. Let's advance. Let's pray those prayers that are, that are those frontline kingdom-focused types of prayers. Number four, say kingdom-focused prayers are bold and they are persistent. Not, not praying these timid and, and tiny, inconsistent prayers Just occasionally praying for for my health, my home, my job. But man, praying bold and big and persistent prayers. Crying out relentlessly concerning God's name and his kingdom, his fame, his his will. Prayers like John Knox in, in the Reformation praying, give me Scotland or give me death. And God gave him Scotland. A massive reformation in Scotland. That's a big prayer. Give me Scotland or give me death. Listen, God has promised in the Bible to give us the nations. And kingdom focused prayers, they ask for the nations. Boldly, persistently, crying out, God give us the nations for your glory. For your fame in this world. God, give us the nations. Give us the nations. And number five, I would say kingdom-focused prayers. They are both personal and also corporate. You can pray kingdom-focused prayers on your own. Man, (laughs) pray we all learn to pray kingdom-focused prayers in our own personal prayer times but listen when when you look through the bible at, at the prayers in the bible you don't just find individuals praying kingdom focused prayers no a lot of the kingdom focused prayers in the bible they are corporate together types of prayers believers praying together pray, praying with other believers either in large groups or, or small groups you can find it all over the world. The, the kings in the Old Testament kneeling in front of all the people of God and praying with all the people of God. All the people crying out together. These concerted or together types of kingdom-focused prayer. Or the early disciples in the book of Acts constantly praying together. Not alone in their rooms. Not just there. Praying together. Acts 2 says they were devoted to Prayer. And they did it so frequently together. And man, please listen, when, when, the, when these early disciples, they, they gathered together and, and they prayed together, they did not pray just these small, man-centered, self-centered prayers. Timid and tiny prayers. No, they prayed kingdom-focused prayers. Can, can, you, can you just picture the early disciples? They're, they're gathering together in the upper room to pray before Pentecost. Okay, so, uh, so Peter has a bunion, you got to pray for that. that that's got to hurt, man. Ma- Matthew needs a job because he walked away from his tax collecting stuff. Mark, that guy's going to need some clothes because he dropped them and ran away naked when Jesus was arrested. And man, we should, we should definitely pray that God would keep all our bodies healthy. Did you see what they did to Jesus? Let's pray. Didn't do it. They didn't do it. They didn't do it. Man, they prayed big, God centered, kingdom focused prayers. I want to give you one example of their kingdom focused prayers. After Pentecost, the early disciples were imprisoned. They were threatened. They were commanded to stop preaching about Jesus. And here's how they prayed about those threats Acts chapter 4, verse 23. When they were released from prison, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God. And what did they say? Sovereign Lord who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Just hallowing God's name at the very beginning of their prayers. And then verse 25, God, you, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, now they're going to quote from Psalm chapter 2. God, it says in Psalm chapter 2, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. And now they're going to apply it in their day. Verse 27, for truly in this city, Lord God, they were gathered together against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. And they were gathered to do what to do to Jesus, whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now here they're going to lift their request up to God. You ready? And Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to Your servants to continue to speak Your Word with all boldness while You stretch out Your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of Your holy servant, Jesus. Man, that is a kingdom-focused, God-centered, God-saturated prayer. You can just smell it. The glory of God. The fame of God. The word of God. Just praying right along these biblical themes. Here. Kingdom focus. Man, you look at that prayer there. Pretty amazing when you think about it. Imprisoned. Threatened. Surrounded by danger. And yet here they are gathered together. And they don't pray for their own physical safety. They pray for courage. They pray for courage. Help us, Lord God. Help us, Lord God, to speak Your Word with all boldness. Man, we want to learn how to pray kingdom-focused prayers individually. We also want to learn how to pray those things together like those early disciples. We want our life groups to learn how to pray together those kingdom-focused types of prayers. If your life group has not already started setting aside time just to gather and pray, I would encourage you to do that. And please don't just pray for your little personal needs around the circle. It's okay to pray for those things, but don't make that the center of your prayer. And when you do pray for those things, pray those in a God-centered manner, but make sure you're praying kingdom-focused prayers. Frontline Prayers, bold, persistent types of prayers, God centered types of prayers. God, give us our neighborhood. Give us our neighborhood. Lord God, help us, Lord, in our own community. Help us to love one another and care for one another here. Lord God, so that you might be gloried in the way, glorified in the way we love one another. Direct us, Lord, for your glory and our eternal joy. And set aside time in your life proofs. We also have a Wednesday morning prayer meeting. We've had it going now for six and a half years. Praise God. Six to seven a.m. every Wednesday morning. We send an email out about it. I want to challenge you to come to it. Some of you see that email come across every week and delete delete, delete, that's too early, I have kids, I have a job, yeah, so do I, <laughs> man, that is an opportunity for you to gather with other believers, and learn to, pl- learn to pray kingdom focused prayers, now, our prayers have not always been very kingdom focused in there, I'll have to admit, they will occasionally gravitate here and here, that's okay, man, we're learning, God's helping us, but we're going to keep working at it, and, and I encourage you to come, And we also may have one other opportunity soon where you can pray kingdom-focused prayers with other believers from this church family. I spoke with the elders this week and we believe the Lord might be directing us to have a a monthly kingdom prayer night. Uh, We're not sure yet, but it's very likely that we will do that and maybe over time it will increase once a month, maybe on a Friday or a Sunday evening, probably on this property here gather together, maybe a short instruction from the Word that would be around this idea of God-centered kingdom-focused prayer. Uh, we'll maybe take just a few kind of kind of kingdom-focused prayer requests from our different life groups, and we will just pray together. And we will learn to cry out together um, for God's name, uh, for His kingdom, for His will. Learning to pray kingdom-focused. I'll let you m- know more about that uh, soon. Still talking and praying about that. I think that probably will happen. Man, Lord, help us to pray those things. And and you stop and think about what are the results of kingdom-focused prayer? Man, if you look at kingdom-focused prayers in in the Bible, whenever people in the Bible, they cry out to God with humble, God-centered, God-glorifying, God-exalting kingdom-focused prayers, God does all kinds of things. He moves. He moves. When people, God's people in the Bible come and begin to pray those types of prayer, God works miracles in Egypt. God splits the Red Sea. God displays His glory. God conquers armies. He fills the temple with His glory. He drops fire out of the sky. He brings people out of exile. He brings entire nations to repentance and on and on and on. And God even accomplished His plan of redemption through the kingdom-focused prayers of His Son, Jesus. Man, God... He does amazing things when His people pray these kingdom-focused prayers. God moves. You know that kingdom-focused prayer the disciples prayed in Acts chapter 4? You know what happened after they prayed that kingdom-focused prayer? Here it is, Acts 4.31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken. And they are all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak The Word of God with boldness. Man. Kingdom-focused prayer. God does things through it. (laughs) Let me close with this. Let me close this entire prayer series with this. God has more for this local church. God has more. I am convinced of it. You feel it in my bones, that type of thing. God has more for this local church. I don't know exactly what that means. But I know He does. And we as elders are really convinced of that. I think God is, is planning to do some things in and through this church family that will amaze us. More than we could ever imagine, God has more. But please hear me on this. Believe that path to more is a path of prayer. It's us on our knees before God crying out for Him to move and use us for His glory and our eternal good and the eternal good of many other people. It's a path of prayer. If we will pray, I believe God will do it. If we won't pray, I don't think God will do it. It's a path of prayer. And just pray that God would teach us to pray. May God stir us up to pray kingdom-focused prayers for his glory and for the good of this world. Lord, we thank you. We need your help. We need your help, dear God. Let's pause. I just man, we just need your help, Lord God. That's it. We just need your help. It's so good. Lord God, your word is so good. Your ways are good. So good how you work through your word. And Father, we just step back and we just, man, we just all of a sudden it just dawns on on us the, the centrality of prayer in the Word of God. And just once again, Father, we would just ask that you would forgive us for neglecting that amazing gift. And we would ask, Father, to forgive us. Just maybe for some of the types of prayers we pray. Just self-centered, man-centered, self, self-serving prayers so often. We do thank you for your grace for us as your people. That in Christ we, we are loved, we are forgiven. That you keep working with us and you, you keep reforming us and changing us, Lord. And molding us, we thank you. And Lord, we just need your help here. Just ask for your help. Just one final time here in this series of prayer, Lord God, that you'd help us. Lord, you teach us how to pray. Lord, you teach us. Stir us up to do it. Please help us not to quit when it gets hard. Please help us to persevere, Lord God. Help us. We need your help. We can't do this on our own. There's none of this we could do on our own. Help us, Lord God, we pray. Work in us to will and to do for your good pleasure. In this way, we pray. Help us, Lord God. We commit it to You in the name of Jesus. Amen.